Hey guys, you're listening to Sound Scrub, a place where I get to dissect the writing, production, and recording process of a song with the artist and producer. I am your host, Lisa Denae. I'm um, Joe Eubanks. I am a singer, songwriter. I am uh, an aerialist as well. So now I'm, I'm uh, training to sing and do aerial acrobatics at the same time. So that's fun. Yes, I love it. How is that training going? It's good. It's good. It's slowed down a little bit. Um, I used to have an aerial rig in my backyard and that was just really easy access to training. So now that I don't, I'm, you know, well, you know, I, sometimes it's making me a little bit more disciplined though, because I have to like actively set time. So it's, it's well, it's going well. Right. Good. Hi, my name is Molly. I actually go by CJO. That's my um, name, my artist name. I'm producer. Uh, composer, um, artist. I do have to say, I do have some weird scenarios. I like, for instance, like <laughs> I'm looking at my a plaque, like right in my studio right now. And it's so funny because I'm like an official Kentucky Colonel, which is like one of those really random, Wait. like <laughs> one of those really random what honors. Is that? So basically like the state of Kentucky gives away these like giant plaques for, I think like and it, it goes way back, like Frank Sinatra was one, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but like yeah. the governor issues out these like really interesting, you know, honorary things. Uh, basically, you get discount tickets at the Derby if you want to go. <laughs> but uh, it's like oh. anytime someone comes into my studio, they're like, what is that? That's so random. Uh, <laughs> so that is a really weird thing. Anytime I love showing it to people when they come over here because they're like, this is the most odd, like, <laughs> accolade you could have I'm like yeah but it's cool so um but yeah I mean that's, that's so about cool. as interesting as it gets over here to be honest <laughs> that's really wow. cool you, yeah you no I it? think that's you, so cool you go to the derby then I have um I, I get a little weirded out about like dress like the, it talk about the opposite of how I would dress is like what you dressed in like oh derby. Right. <laughs> uh, so I mean you kind of it's a little cringe uh, sometimes but you know uh it's actually a lot of fun wait how do you get that plaque uh so the governor just like issues it out to certain people I was on tour at the time oh, and they presented it on stage and yeah so that, I have like these so like cool. Kentucky colonel like business cards I'm like I don't really know if this is really gonna like wait hold any weight in anything it's like you're gonna go into a job interview and be like hey you know look uh here's my business oh card my <laughs> that, that is cool. hilarious but yeah so uh, it's yeah it's so funny oh my gosh I love it all right today's episode of sound scrub we are going to be talking about save me by which featuring coyote eyes Let's start with the lyrics of this song. What is this song about and what inspired you to write it? Molly, you want to go first? You want me to jump in? Yeah, go, you go ahead. Yeah, you, you kind of were like leading the, the lyrical aspect of this. So, so Save Me um, was inspired. I kind of wanted to write something about depression but how you know depression has felt in my experience which is it's like it's kind of like you know save me if you look at it like with the from a bird's eye view it's about like this you know old man who's haunting this like epic um space or whatnot and and um you know the the voice of the the 
song keeps hearing this, you know, man in her head who, you know, talks about like his sins and everything he's done wrong and is looking for absolution. And it's just like this noise that grows louder and louder and louder until it's all consuming. So I think, you know, that meaning, you know, when depression or whatever kind of um, mental illness, mental um, struggle is happening. For me, the experience when I've had those times is it starts really small and then it builds and builds and builds. And for me, um, no one usually knows what's going on. So it's like a very silent, paralyzing battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that was really the theme of the song. And, and we wanted to, you know, try and, and put a face and a voice to depression. Mm. So yeah, that's the, over, that's the overarching lyrical theme. What inspired you to put this together? Did you write the lyric first or was like Molly, I'm guessing that you did the full production on this one. Um, did you already have a skeleton laid out and then Joe, you took it and actually Joe had a melody. Um, she was kind of humming because okay. we got, so long story short, we got um, introduced to one of her good friends. She's known for forever and somebody that I've been working with on some uh, sync projects over the last year. And um, so she was, I think you were in New York at the time, Joe, Yep. but you had kind of came up with like the overall skeleton of like the, the, the lyrical content, as far as like what you wanted to say. And you had a melody for um, a verse and the chorus, I believe. So we kind of sat down and uh, I think we worked on most of it was Joe lyrically. I think more of like, I think the melody pre-chorus stuff, we kind of added that together. But yeah, I did all of the production. I think that was the fun part about like letting it roll out was that I was kind of going off of a visual of what she had kind of described what she was looking for. And so mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to paint like a very chaotic kind of unsettling thing that built built throughout the rest of the production to really emphasize the just the black hole you kind of like fall into when you're not in a good place. And so that was a, a really big part of um, me getting to where I wanted to go with the the musical aspect was really honing in on like what Joe was really wanting to convey lyrically and just emotionally throughout the, the track. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was one of those um, kind of happy accidents, us being matched up, but it really worked out. It couldn't have worked out better. And I, um, so this, a friend of mine who's um, his name is Andrew Dixon and he and I've known each other for, you know, literally 514 years. Uh, (laughs) He had heard that I was um, doing sync. And so he was like, we've got a, um, I I know a writer and a producer that you have to meet. And so um, I was in LA at the time Um, Molly was in Nashville. And so we had started a conversation and I was um, I, Come, I came here during code for a few months and it was like such an amazing experience. And then all of a sudden I felt like that familiar, like thing creeping mm-hmm. in the familiar darkness. And I was like, no, this can't be happening now. This is like mm-hmm. the, one of the best times of my life. And so I decided, you know, to try and, and get it out. And Molly, I don't think you know this, but 
So um, Andrew had originally, when I came out to LA, just set me up with kind of a string of, of sync producers to see who was a good match and who wasn't. Molly and I had um, started a conversation and I think we were going to try and potentially meet in Nashville, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think we were both back and forth. So we were kind of like holding to see who would be in the same place first. And so I started writing this thing out and I don't think I told you this, Molly, but so I took this rough idea to not to be like, you know, it's not like a we hate, hate men thing, but I took this thing to a male producer and it was a very rough idea and a rough sketch. And he said, no. And it was one of those things, especially in sync music with women, it was kind of this understanding of you can write things that are dark, sure, but they have to be, it can't get too personal, if that makes sense. You know, and it's like, I remember the conversation when he told me that I, you know, to be, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, okay. He told me to to be successful in sync. um, You really have to take all of your emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. and make it as universal as possible. Yeah. And I would just, um, so I took the song back and I was like, okay, well, no, no, thank you. Um, and then I brought it to Molly and I was like, this is absolutely perfect because I know the two of us wanted to write very honest music. Mm-hmm. And I think had I brought it to anyone, but Molly, I don't think this song would have come alive at all. I don't think it would have, you know, it certainly wouldn't be what it is now. Yeah, I uh, I feel I'm sorry that that happened to you. No, 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 no. It's not not at all. I think it's just like I think since you know we are you know two women in the industry. I know we've we've all had experiences of what it's like being women in the industry and especially in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very specific side, and I think it's not just. I think a lot of people feel that sync music should be impersonal, and I don't think that's necessary. I I really kind of fight for the opposite of that. No, for sure. I was, I was going to say like, I've had, I've learned a lot about sync throughout like the, this past year. And I haven't had an experience like you, but I definitely have seen it happen to other people. And I've, you know, I just kind of get the impression that, yeah, it's like, you're not allowed to write from and get really personal. And I just, I really don't, that's probably like the side of sync that I don't really like at all. Cause it's like, I don't want to write music like that. Right. Um, you know, so I totally understand where you're coming from. And, but I mean, I feel like it really ended up landing in the hands of someone that, you know, could really build just an, Great production. Oh, I really yeah. loved this production. I mean, I love dark sounds, so I feel like you guys just like nailed it on the head with this one. So I want I do want to learn more about the production and, you know, there's also these vocals um going on in the background and I know that you talked about like different characters with the voices. So um let's start with Hmm. Let's start with the vo- the vocals, like your thought process of piecing those together, Joe. Well, so Molly had, so we had had a couple sessions and then, um, you know, Molly's production was just so good that when you have great production like that, it's not hard to write 
backing vocals or vocals around that because mm-hmm. it's already there. So I think some of the, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, cause I was trying to write backing vocals for like, you know, background vocals for something else. And I was like, God, this is so much harder than when I'm doing it with Molly. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I just sat there and I was like, how did, how did I do that? Cause, but it is like when you have such intricate and Molly will talk more about the production, but there's so many intricacies in it that, you mm-hmm. know, those vocals, um, are just another instrument that complements it. And I think, you know, I, I wanted to be careful not to um, detract from the production and to make sure that everything supported each other. But to answer your question, um, so I started with um, the lead mm-hmm. and um, it's funny with this song. I mean, we worked on it forever. And I like, one thing that I could work on a little bit more is I tend to be a, a perfectionist with my vocals, especially since mm-hmm. it started, I do my, most of my vocals remotely now, which is mm-hmm. a bit of blessing and a curse because I'm such a perfectionist about right. it. Right. <laughs> so poor Molly, I started 2,700,000 vocal takes. But um, anywho, so after getting that lead, um, you know, it was just about, um, those lines just came to me, honestly. And it was just, I think that like, ooh, which was kind of like a vocal bass line. And then, um, you know, built around it. It was just kind of like, um, I was trying to think of an analogy. I was going to, the first analogy that came to me to my mind was like, it's kind of like putting on different layers in the winter. And I was like, that's absolutely not <laughs> analogy, Joe. Um, <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, but I think, you know, as far as all that and, and with, um, we went in several different directions with it. Like, I think the first one we had, the vocals were, very almost classical. I don't know why I did that, but um, (laughs) they were like very, you know, big and clear and all of this. And then we were like, no, I feel like it needs something different. So scratch that came back and um, redid the vocals to have kind of that like haunting Mm -hmm. thing, which I think is a lot creepier. Yeah. I mean, there's a time and a place for, you know, an old opera lady in a haunted house, but this is <laughs> a time and the place for that. Yeah. That lead vocal is just so like deep and rich and. Ugh. Well, that's I just, Molly too. Cause I mean, like the great the thing that, you know, like the behind the music thing, like I literally was moving as we were doing, as we were recording oh, this. So yeah. I have like, those are taken in different spaces and you wouldn't oh, wow. know. So that's all, that's all Molly. It's all Molly. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, the one last thing I'll say about the vocals is um, there's actually a layer of, um, so um, there's a layer of an exorcism prayer under there. And so I was like, hear me out, but here's an exor- exorcism. And I don't think any other producer would ever let me do that. Um, but so Molly ended up taking pieces of, um, that Latin, it's all in Latin and then, um, distorting them and flying them to different areas and whatnot. So it's still in there, but like she said, it's kind of, it's chaotic. Wow. I'll have to go back and listen for that. I did not point, I didn't point that out. (laughs) Wow. You have to find them. Yeah, it was, is it throughout the whole thing? It's through, it's through like different pieces and I have them like, um, panned in different areas so it feels like it's kind of like shifting in like a 360 
um, element where you're kind of hearing it from all sides, um, kind of layered over the top and it's really quiet. Like it's like, if you're listening in headphones, you can definitely hear it a lot louder. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a lot of fun to work on that because I think Joe, you, you seemed nervous about sending me all of that Latin. And like, to me, I was just like, the more that you have, the better, because we can always cut down, but like, I'd rather have way more than we need than not have enough. And then be like, what is missing here? So yeah, it was a great texture to just kind of like throw in, in these, in these holes and areas that needed some more space and like, just add to the, to the overall ambiance of just how dark the theme was in, in general. So there's never a risk that I've wanted to take or that I've taken that Molly has downplayed, uh, which I think is also a great gift with our partnership too. I think Mm -hmm. with vocals and whatnot, a a lot of times I'll have some kind of bonkers idea, like let's just add an exorcism in Latin. I mean, you know, I don't like every other producer would be like, Time, time, oh, we're running out of time. Um, but with Molly, she's like, yeah, absolutely. She's game to try anything. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, right. it's always, always game to try it and always, you know, supportive of, of those bonkers, bizarre left field. Yeah, again, with this production, it just, uh, like Joe said, it's you're, it's so, like, intricate. Like, there's so many details. And one of the things that I really love that comes in right away are those, like, water-type keys that you have going on. So I just want to learn more about this production and how it came together and how you kind of decided to put certain elements um, in here and there to just, like, build this haunting story. Yeah. I mean, I think the baseline of it was that luckily Joe and I were on the same wavelength. We had kind of, she had kind of put together a Spotify playlist um, of stuff that she really was inspired by. And a lot of everything that was on there was stuff that I had already been listening to anyway. So we had a good foundation for kind of the vibe of what, we wanted to kind of work on even before we even got together on our right, which is really important, especially over zoom, because I don't think like we've worked on things since then that don't take half as long. And I think the reason why is like when it's your first thing and it's something you're, you're writing and both of you have like a larger expectation than just kind of putting together a template, you know, scenario and then sending it off. Like it's going to take a little bit more time. Um, Mm -hmm. And we had kind of wanted to, try different textures and different vibes as Joe said earlier. So, but as far as the foundation of everything, I kind of, that whole like front half is um, actually a a music box that is ran through a vinyl plugin. So it's, it warbles like it's on like a, like a warped record. Um, And I liked adding that extra texture because it just made it sound so much darker and so much like Mm -hmm. older and like there was something off about it even though it's beautiful and I think that was kind of the whole point of the production in general was having this like beautiful melody and like a lot of really beautiful production aspects but something in them just being slightly off to kind of be like like 
chills down my spine a little bit more, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that was the fun in it. The cool thing about this too, that I really loved was that each section of the song is in a, in a different mode, even though they're cohesive. And that's, that was kind of a challenge because there were so many sections, like we had gotten together, I think the second time around and made like a ton of notes on like what we were kind of envisioning on these different, different things to amplify the lyrical content. And I think that was a little bit tricky. That was probably the trickiest thing for me is making sure that even though it was changing modes that it still had a hook that was singable and like memorable um, musically, but also was cohesive amongst like the different little pockets and elements of, of how the production was put together. So yeah, I loved Joe's vocal too. Like she's not afraid to try different types of things. Um, She always gives me Mm -hmm. way more than sometimes we even use, but a lot of times when I've worked with vocalists, they kind of just only hear a few things and then they kind of send me those few things, which is great. I mean, that usually works for, for most things, but when you're doing something a little bit, a little bit more grandiose, as far as like the vision for it, it was great to have her trying all these different voices and textures and all of these things that I could space out and add, like she said, it's another instrument, another layer Mm -hmm. in, in the overall production. So it, I think it just came together in a, in a really great way that was, did have some challenges, but also at the same time, I think taking the time and really weeding that out only made it a hundred percent better. And we ended up landing in a really good place that like both of us were really happy with. So yeah, all the sounds and everything, um, basically everything was created. I think there was like probably 150 tracks at the end of it. Wow. I had done like some composition string things. Uh, One of my favorite parts that I kind of added at the last was at the end for like the instrumental section, um, adding like this kind of, um, you know, good, bad and the ugly sounding guitar um, and kind of classic Hollywood vibe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it kind of takes a bunch of different turns throughout. But uh, I think the trick was to kind of like have it come back around to what the whole point of the track was, was to really focus in on enhancing the lyrical aspects of it. And it's a lot. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, was say, I think the live strings are really special too. I mean, whenever, Oh yeah. I mean, whenever there are live strings on a track, I just feel like for me, it, it just means for me, it just means so much more. There's just mm-hmm. something really, um, I'm searching for the word, but there's just something very, um, Oh my gosh, my brain, there's something very special about having live strings. And, you know, the fact that, that Molly did those, it just makes it even more incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. I I enjoy that as well. Having like organic sounds and whatnot. What, what, um, were there any like elements that you added after her vocals or was everything pretty much like all in the production? Prior. Um, I think I had the a, a pretty good structure for just the basis of it. But as far as like all the ear candy, all of that, yeah. usually I try to do after because 
you're filling in holes, you're trying to emphasize certain sections. Um, there's a lot of like flipped elements. So like the strings that you'll hear, I actually flipped them and used it as a swell into like the second pre. Oh, and it sounds like something wow. just like falling off a cliff. It, it, because the roll up was up. And so when he flipped it, it's down and it literally felt like right. gravity was just pulling on this like section going into that. And so for me, it was really into, that's the fun part for me is like getting the structure, getting the vocals in, and then adding all of the, the spatial ear candy. That's really going to just like enhance it that much more. And, and really honestly, take you on a roller coaster. This song is very much like, in a way, it kind of reminds me of going through like the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Oh yeah. And it's because each section goes in like so many different ways. And some, some areas are scarier than others. Some are more intense, Right. but it kind of built into this whole thing. And so that was kind of the, the whole point of any, anytime I try to work on something, it's gotta be, have a visual attached to it. Um, even if it's something simple, it's gotta pull something out of you. Um, and so I think that was kind of the whole point was kind of looking at it like it's this little creepy house on a hill and you're like walking through these different rooms and experiencing mm -hmm. each unique type of thing. So the ear candy and like all of the extra effects and uh, taking her vocal and chopping it up and flipping it around, doing like a spectral pan on the Latin. So it sounds like it's shifting throughout the room, kind of like around on either side. Yeah. It's just that usually is the most time consuming because you're, you're kind of, mm -hmm. it's a trial and error as far as like what right. you're trying, but like, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, I, I would rather try a ton of things and land on something really unique that I would have never thought of than just kind of like, mm, I'll throw some stuff here and there and fill in this spot and then we're done. So it was very, very much a lot of experimenting with different textural things playing different things and then like running them through and bouncing them down as its own sample and then chopping that up and throwing that in. So yeah, there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of intricacies that like to the normal listening ear, obviously like people are usually hearing it as a whole, but like, you right. know, breaking it down, you can hear probably more, you know, textures and things going on throughout the song. If you like are listening to it for, you know, a few different times. Yeah, I would love to hear the instrumental for this. And then even just like the acapella of this too, because there's like those like faint, like ghost-like echoes like that Joe does with the vocals in the background. Like even the Instagram teaser, like I remember when Molly first sent me the Instagram teaser, which is just, um, you know, those ambient vocals and instrumentals and it's like mm -hmm. 15 seconds. And I was like, this is the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to my so fun. That was like so much fun. I like put that together for like in an hour and just kind of like sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, 
so making trailer noises are fun. Like this is because I basically took a lot of elements from the track and then added a few more like extreme cinematic elements to kind of like emphasize the visual. But it was uh, yeah, it was just cool to kind of like take certain elements from the track and like completely, you know, meld them into this like you know, entrance, this preview of like what's happening. So I, I was like, yay, I had I so much fun with this. I was like, oh. I hope Joe doesn't think this is like too <laughs> no. crazy. But then again, I, I was like, not you. I was going to say, uh, yeah, obviously. you could totally like trailerize <laughs> this whole song. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we should do a trailer mix. Yeah, just in case. I mean, you never know. Yeah, when I got that little Instagram teaser, I was like, I have never felt cooler. This is like... <laughs> Oh <laughs> all right i want to know what your favorite lyric line is i told lisa last night I, I exactly what your answer was going to be anyway <laughs> i'm curious if i'm right well for me yeah oh um yeah oh my gosh there's like so many cool elements to this um I think honestly, like the the second verse, the um, there's a man who cries, tells me all his sins. Like it's it's kind of hilarious to me because he's supposed to be this like this symbolism for something that's just causing a lot of chaos and fear, but also has this element of like fragility <laughs> um it's it, it, do you know how like i don't know if like either one of you have watched but like it um there's like this element of like he embodies fear until he's not feared and that's what his biggest fear is like that's kind of what every time i hear that that's what i think about cuz it's like very it's like very fragile but also like it's only how much you, you give to him. And he kind of is just like in your ear bugging you constantly. And so I've always loved, I've always loved that line. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably like one of my favorite lines in, in the track, like that whole verse right there. What'd you think that it was for me? I I was wrong. I thought it was going to be, no one knows where I go never shows through the smoke that is a yeah that is a great like I that whole section I think also too because the melody is very like haunting but it's crazy because your voice like also expresses like the verses are very much like you know dark and very bold and then it's almost like there's like a sadness in the breeze and then the there's like a cry of despair in the choruses I know that's like overly specific but like the, the you did really well with conveying each section really, really well, as far as like what the melody, like delivering the melody the way that it, it needed to be in order to convey that like emotion within those sections. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the pre is, the pre is also, it's kind of hard though, because like, there's so many, the storyline in itself is very simple, but there's a lot of like amazing little things that when you start thinking about it and you're like, oh yeah, that's so weird. Like, it's, it can be conveyed in so many different ways. And I think that's the thing that's funny about this is like this track is obviously coming from a more personal place, but I think it's so relatable to so many people. Oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. got such an element of like, I mean, everyone is dealing with 
anxiety, depression, you know, dark things in their life. And so I think there's, there's so much that can be interpreted and so many different ways that people can relate to it in their own way, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Well, even Joe too, you said, you know, that this came to your mind when you recognize that you're you are going back into this mental space yeah um and i totally relate to that i i know exactly what that feeling is within myself so hearing you say that it's like you know like it it, it it's comforting knowing that i'm not the only person yeah right? and i and i i think too like you know with depression i think a lot of times I mean, for people who haven't gone through it, it's hard to understand, but I do feel like every human being goes through some version of depression at some point in their lives. But I think like, you know, oftentimes people, you know, think of depression as, you know, this person is in bed crying all day, this, you know, all of this, Mm -hmm. but, you know, for some people, myself included, it's just, you know, I always say that when I go through those periods, it's like, if I was a light bulb, it's like you turn the light bulb down, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, yeah. That's or it's like, yeah. if I was, you know, if I was, uh, you know, a TV screen or whatever, it's like you turn the saturation down, you know, it's like things get a little gray, things get right. small for me when I'm, when I'm depressed, it, I get very spacey. So I think it's that too, it's that like, you know, staring in the crowd, getting through things like just living inside your head thing. So that blankness. Also too, I think there's such a element of the people who are going through a hard time. Sometimes it's an interesting, this whole save me aspect of it, because it's something that is actually like, it's, it's very um, dark and it's almost like self-sabotage in a way, because you're, you're kind of crying for help to this thing that actually is feeding into that problem, Yeah, which is another thing that I was kind of like putting in my notes when we were working on it It was like, you know, it's a cry for help, but like literally it's also a cry of like, you know, self-sabotage when you're in a dark place as well. So there's so many amazing interpretations that this, the song can convey, which is awesome. So. Joe, what was your favorite? Oh man, mine is definitely like Nomine Patris. (laughs) Just kidding. I was going to say the Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I sat there like over and over and over trying to learn this Latin. I I remember I I talked to some Irish friends because I was like, if I'm going to do this, some Irish Catholic friends. And I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put something in a foreign language, whatever that language might be, even if it's an ancient language. And I don't want to record it unless the pronunciation is exactly correct. Um, so I was talking to some of my Irish yeah. Catholic friends and they were like, oh, no, dog, you don't want to mess up with that. And I was like, oh, okay. And, I was like, and they were like, you know, you got to think like, you know, they were like, if, if you mispronounce this, I mean, you don't know what you're conjuring. There's, right, yeah, there's going to be. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, like, were you a little cautious when you were recording at, that? For, at first, I was, um, but I think I was just so excited and then I just got really into it. Right. Um, but yeah, I have to think like shortly after we, you know, started putting this Latin in, you know, I went through a very tumultuous life experience. So now that I'm like, oh, uh, now sure. that I'm like looking back on it, I'm like, maybe I did pronounce a couple things wrong. Maybe that was what <laughs> happened to my life. 
Um, oh no! Oh <laughs> my gosh! Yeah, I don't really mess with that stuff. So I'm like, I'm just so Yeah, curious. well, it's like the aesthetic, you know, there's so much of, of that. Sure. But I think my favorite lyric, yeah, I think it's There's a Man Who Cries, Tells Me All His Sins. Or that pre-chorus, No One Knows Where I where I Go, Never Shows Through the Smoke. So I think I'm, I'm with Molly on Wave that. like man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, she didn't say the one that you thought it was, but you guys end up <laughs> That's like, all that matters. As long as yeah. we're on the same page in some shape or form. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. What's your favorite production element in this? Oh song? my gosh. I'll let you start. I feel like it's kind of hard in the fact that there were so many things that I was just so pleasantly surprised that like worked out and like, Honestly, some of the transitions, I believe, like there's so many weird underbelly textures and things going on. Like, for instance, in the second verse, it's really quiet, but there's another music box that's playing and it literally just sounds like tinkering, weird, you know, sounds, the flipped strings, literally like the visual that I hear all the time is literally like just someone being sucked down into like a black hole. Like it's just got that intensity behind it. Yeah. So for me, yeah, again, everything has a visual attached to it. And I think that's why I want to take the time to really like build out a story because Mm -hmm. those intricacies, one of my favorite producers of all time is Imogene Heap. And I spent years basically just like engulfing myself in every record that she's ever done listening into like headphones, speakers, everything. And it's all in the nuances it's, and mm-hmm. most people are just like hearing it as, like I said, hearing it as a whole. And they're like, I love this song, but like, I want to go deeper. And there are certain things that just resonate. Right. Like little dinks or little like things that were, uh, you know, percussion elements or like weird effects. Like all of those things play such a huge role in painting a, an actual visual picture of what you're getting, which is what music's supposed to be. It's supposed to be something that encases your memories and encases mm-hmm. your experiences and builds, you know, just is the sound again, not to sound cheesy, but the soundtrack to your life. And so that kind of keeping that in mind, like those nuanced elements makes such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And then also I loved the Joe's vocal throughout. It's almost like a loop the all of that stuff just like spaced out. It's, it's up front. You can hear it. Um, but it's so, it blends so yeah. well. And it just adds like this other melody that ties in with the other, with the other, um, instrumentation. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of from a production standpoint, I think it's kind of hard mm-hmm. for me to pinpoint one exact thing because I know like, oh, this was so cool. I, <laughs> you know, I put it together. So um, but yeah, I'm anxious to see what Joe's yeah, like, Joe's right. thought is on this. Cause she was, you were never really in the room. Unfortunately, you were never in the room with me, but I know it sucks. That's the thing about, you know, that's kind of, um, the thing about remote sessions too. Like it's the first time that I've not been in the room yeah. for production because I'm such like, I can be not a control freak, but a control freak music. <laughs> 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 Like not, you know, but, um, I just love being hands-on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Same. But I think like, you know, not being in the room, to be honest, I think is probably the best thing for this particular 
process because Molly just like did her thing. And there are so many idiosyncrasies in there that, you know, I agree with everything that, that Molly said. It's, it's this soundscape, you know, it's just this perfectly mm-hmm. melded soundscape. But what you were talking about with that vocal, they're like, ah, da, da, all that, that was not a good impression, but that little um, vocal tag, I love that you took it up mm-hmm. the octave. Yeah. You know, you yes. know which part I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Cause I, you know, I never would have thought to do that. And it just is so cr- kind of eerie and mm-hmm. off, off putting. It's just a little unsettling. Um, <laughs> I got to say my favorites, the live strings. I mean, again, I, mm-hmm. like, I'm such a sucker for live strings. And I think, yeah. you know, when someone takes the time, like, you know, Molly took the time to do those arrangements and then actually do the strings and that, you know, all of that, it's just so purposeful, you know, and it just, it just makes something really, it's really poignant for me. Yeah. It would have been cool to see Molly piece all that together. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, going back Joe to what you were saying about not being in the room. I think that's the, the craziest thing for me is sometimes like my thought process is so out there that I'm trying so many things that like, there's a nervousness of like someone hearing something and being like, Oh my God, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, But it's like, I try everything until there's something that comes to mind. And I I know that if I'm in the room with somebody, sometimes I get a little nervous with that because over the last year, all of my sessions have been zoom right? just due to the pandemic. And then just, you know, working with people in LA. I'm from LA, but I've been working out in Nashville uh, a lot. And then I've been working with people in New York. So it's, it's definitely something I miss being in the same room. Uh, but I do say that, uh, with like post-production things and like effects and all of those, it's, it's very mundane to be sitting there for four hours to get the right kick for somebody who's Mm -hmm. just, you know, like we're trying drum patterns and they're just not the way that you want them to be, or there's just an element missing or whatever. And you got to spend hours of just like, not just going through and like finding the right EQ for all of those things. And then adding all of the, you know, effects elements and all of that. It's just like, it can be a little nerve wracking when someone's in the room because you, you have like a vision and you don't necessarily know if someone's going (laughs) to agree with it quite yet. Um, Same with string things, because uh, you know, if I'm doing arrangements and I play everything, they're only hearing it piece by piece. So, you know, I always go in with like a disclaimer until it's finished just be like, yo, you know, <laughs> wait till it's done and then give me your critiques because it's going to sound a little off without everything quite there. So I get a little nervous sometimes when someone is in the room, but also to the more comfortable you are working with people. And, you know, like we said earlier, the fact that Joe and I kind of, we have a lot of ideas even on the new things we've been working on that are just very similar in the way that we kind of are wanting this like the direction we were we were wanting this project to go mm-hmm. I think that that really is a magical thing because you don't get that with everyone and not everyone is as open-minded um, to try things either so right. it's it, yeah it's definitely like a great experience when you can work with somebody who's just as like hungry to try new things and be innovative as you are. And that kind of takes the pressure off because then you don't feel like you're like flying out in outer space and they're like, okay, rein it in. Like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it, uh, it works out great for, for both of us. 
Totally. And I think that's, that's honestly like with the vocals, I feel like this is probably the, the, my favorite vocals that I've done. Um, and I think the reason why they turned out the way they did is because I, you know, recorded them remotely. And it's that same thing, right. you know, as, as Molly was saying, when I'm in the studio, sometimes I feel that, you know, it's the pressure that's probably not even real. I'm putting on myself to like, get it right, get it right. The first time, you know, make it like, you know, there, there've been times in sessions that like, you know, if it's an off day, I'm just not going to get it. And I know I'm not going to get it. So, you know, with something like this, I can just come back to it the next day, you know, cause they're like days just as having it as being a human instrument, there are yeah. you know times that it's just like athletics, you know, totally. It's like one day your, you know, your race time is going to be a few seconds off, you know? Yeah. So I think like some of the weirdness and whatnot, if I hadn't been alone being like, ha, 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 what can I do now? I'm not sure that that would have happened. But now that we've done this, you know, this was our first project together. I feel like we totally could be in the room and have the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. Well, I do want to learn more about this project because this was like the lead off single. So what are you guys working on right now? Do What are your plans for 2022? Well, Molly, do you want to start? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, this particular project, I think when we initially were working on it, I think initially, like we weren't really sure what we were even going to do with Save Me when we were working on it. Um, and I think once we got it into the right direction, we ended up finally meeting this past August uh, in person. And I got to hang out for a week and we got to discuss kind of like what we were wanting to do. And I think obviously this is a very sync forward project. Um, mm -hmm. but also too, like, it's just got, it's kind of got endless, you know, possibilities to it. We've been working on a few other things, doing some, some very, very complete opposite versions of covers that we've been kind of working on right now. We're, we're going to getting ready to start getting in another session to do some more writing and, um, yeah, so again, I think it's very sync forward with the open-mindedness of, you know, other possibilities that can be great. I think it's awesome to have a female collaborator that I get to work with on mm -hmm. something this different, mm -hmm. you know, most of the time, and especially with sync, like it does serve a purpose to have kind of things that are very relatable and easy to place and whatnot. But I think Joe and I are are just wanting this project to potentially move even more forward in a capacity of like, you know, potentially working on something that's more, more innovative and not just like a placement for something that, you know, just pops up, but like, right. you know, eventually shifting it over to an actual thing that's kind of revolving around that music. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like super fresh and we just wanted to really put something out to get, you know, a platform and a foundation for like where we wanted to go and just feel out. And the response has been great. And this is such a different project than what I, I normally get to work on. It's been like an absolute like an absolute pleasure to be able to work with Joe on this over the past year. And yeah, we've got we've got probably about four or five things that we should have by the beginning of next quarter, I would say. So yeah, we're kind of still trucking along, working on some new things and hopefully we'll be having, 
you know, a few more releases and obviously, you know, placements in the future. So, yeah. And sound wise, it will it be kind of similar to, you know, what we heard with Save Me? I think so. Like, and, and as Molly was saying, like, you know, I think some of the covers that we've done are super, super surprising, which I, I love. I think, you know, the, the cover song is a delicate art in my, in my mm-hmm. opinion, but, um, you know, I think there's a way to take a cover where you completely, you know, you want to maintain the integrity of the song, but it's almost like, you know, looking at it from, a different angle so that you have that moment of wait what you know like I I don't know if you know um the band Union but they do a lot of sync stuff and um they have this cover of Sex and Candy that's like I think probably one of the most genius examples of this so for anybody listening you should definitely check that out but yeah as far as as us and our sound and whatnot I think like definitely Save Me is is certainly I think going to be a great foundation, a great model for what we're doing. But I think as far as like which music and um, I know that we're, we've got this catalog that we're building and I would say, you know, we're going to hoping to pitch this catalog at the, at the top of the year. And I think if you are looking, the great thing about this project is it's so cohesive, like from day one, it's been mm-hmm. so cohesive. And I think it's like, if you're looking to which music, you know exactly what you're going to get and you know exactly, yeah. it's a very specific thing. Like if it's a, you know, if we're talking in the sync world, it's like with music supervisors or whatnot, if you need something, you know, like Save Me or, and all of that, you're going to go to which, at least mm-hmm. that's what we're hoping for in the future. Um, and Molly's just so organized. She's the most organized artist <laughs> I've ever met in my life, which is... <laughs> I mean, having someone like that on your team is just such a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) I try to be it's the the pandemic definitely helped me with that because I had a lot of time to stay organized. And then I started becoming slightly OCD about making sure that I wasn't like forgetting something. Uh, So yeah, I I definitely (laughs) try to try to be as organized as possible, especially when you're bi-coastal because yeah. you know, different time zones, different things, you know, you got to communicate for sure. Yep. Well, is there anything else you would like to share about the writing, the production or recording process of the song? I mean, I'm just really, really proud of it. I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's just like, you know, like Molly said, there's an emotion that comes out in this song that I feel like mm-hmm. kind of really unleash that I, um, I'm, you know, again, really proud of, and I'm just really grateful to have had this experience. It's definitely one of my favorite things that I've done. Yeah, it's, it's been a joy to work in a capacity that again is, is very creative, but also kind of has a different spin and a different outlook on, on things. And Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to release some of the the newer things we've been working on as well, because it's so, you know, it's a lot of the things that we've been working on are almost, especially in the cover world are very male dominant tracks. Mm. Um, and we're switching them, um, and painting, like Joe said, we're painting a completely different picture with them. So, uh, I think that's kind of the whole like point of which in the first place is to kind of embrace this kind of goth pop grunge aspect 
to things yeah. in a very unapologetic way. And um, yeah, so I'm like super excited about, you know, what's to come and everything that we've been working on since Save Me. But yeah, Save Me, I'm, I'm so happy the way that it turned out after a year of, of diving in, but <laughs> you know, it was worth it. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. worth it for sure. Same. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more from you and I'm looking forward to the covers too. I'll have to check out that other cover that Joe mentioned. Um, but yeah, I really love this. I, I love, you know, darker sounds and cinematic songs. So I definitely just really enjoyed everything about this one. Can you guys tell everyone where they can download and stream Save Me and where to follow you on social media? Yeah, we have um, at Witch Music, W-T-C-H. That's right, Molly? Is that right? Yes, that is a W-T-C-H without the I, yeah. Yes, at at Witch Music on Instagram. Um, We have a very well-curated um, Instagram, thanks to Molly. And, um, you can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on my show. Joe, so great to have you back on here. Thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's so great to, to chat with you about this project. There's a ghost inside Trapped inside my walls Tucks me in at night Keeps me cold There's a man who cries You can listen to the full song on your favorite music platforms. Make sure to follow me, your host, Lisa Dene, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, and Twitter at Lisa Dene Music. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support SoundScrub, please visit lisadene.com forward slash SoundScrub for more details. Thank you for listening. <laughs>